this is a story which I believe all of us, each one of you, have either experienced it or about to experience it, or maybe you don't even recognize that this is going to happen to you. But I promise you it's going to happen to each one of you in this room. And I'm going to share what happened with me, how I dealt with it, and try to channelize this uncomfortable situation into something which I could say I'm happy about today. So here I was, a middle-aged corporate executive. I like to call myself from a middle-class background. My father used to work for Bank of Baroda. Mother used to work for Yuko Bank. We had a great life to, uh, to start off. But at the heart of it, we were classic middle-class um, middle families. And we had this where, uh, by the time I had reached my, this middle age, I thought I had reached escape velocity. I thought I was doing extremely well, working for an American company, and actually had started to dream that I could one day become the CEO of this American company. So that's where who I was. Now, separately, all of us have heard about that friend who kind of went cuckoo, gave everything up, went into the Himalayas, or went for six months to the yoga retreat uh, doing yoga, or even better, found himself a completely new girlfriend. This is called the midlife crisis. For someone like me, I always felt that the midlife crisis is a disease only for the rich. Or why would someone chuck away a fantastic family, a completely settled life, and then go through an uncomfortable ride on a royal Enfield and going through the Himalayas. Literally, nobody should be doing that. But as I hit my mid-30s, I went through some very stressful, not so stressful time. What I meant was life was perfect, no stress, salary was coming in at the end of the month. Uh, you know, I used to feel really happy in seeing the number of digits which used to come into my account. But I had this incomplete feeling in me, and that was really deep, uncomfortable, incomplete feeling. There were two things which were going on in my mind. One, in this entire corporate journey or the corporate ladder, if I had to go up, what I had to hope for is my boss actually doesn't do well or my boss goes under the bus. The problem here was I actually used to like my boss. The second thing is I started to feel that have I ever really done an adventure? Have I felt the gush of wind in my face? Or am I going to spend my entire life operating in this third gear? I'm never going to try the fourth gear, let alone the fifth gear. Am I going to take any risk? Am I going to do something which is out of my comfort zone? Luckily, I realized that this was my midlife crisis. And the way I saw it was, this uncomfortable feeling is what midlife crisis is all about. All of you in this room will go through it. It's a passing of a journey, and I'm sure you're all going to go through this. But what I decided was that I wanted to build something special, and I wanted to create something which I can be proud of when I went through this phase. I wanted to build something on the principles of what I learned in the corporate world, but what I also wanted to do was I did not want to make the mistakes that I hated in the corporate world. So I wanted to do something which was completely new, build something with my own style. I basically wanted to do entrepreneurship. In those days, startup wasn't really a word which was understood by everybody. 
what I did was obviously went back to the wife, confided in her, and I said, hey, look, I'm going through stress. I, I think I'm going through a little bit of a crisis. I think it's better that I table this. I think that's a very important thing for you to do. Just go ahead and discuss it and just put it on the table. Over the years, I had saved some money. The wife was working. She was taken care of by her own self. And we thought we have anywhere between two and a half years to four years for me to overcome this stress period that I was going through. I also knew very well that if I wanted to go on this entrepreneurship journey, I had to be extremely light. I talk about this quite a bit, that in an entrepreneurship journey, you need to have oxygen. And that oxygen could be in terms of great funding, great investors, uh, good ideas, but basically you need to have oxygen. The second oxygen is the fact that you have to be really light when you start your entrepreneurship journey. You should not be having loans. You should not be having external obligations. You should be completely focused on only one thing. You have to remember, this journey of building a startup is deeply unsatisfying when you are on it. Every day, you end the day feeling, oh my god, why am I doing this to my own self? And that is what startup is all about. So if you're going to go through this discomfort, one of the things is take all baggages away, be really light, have the oxygen, and only then build this business that you want to do. I also felt that I needed cheerleaders. So what I did was I went back to all my friends, ex-bosses, anybody who's been kind with me over the years. I went and spoke to them about what I want to build, how do I see this opportunity. But basically what I was doing was if I had an accident on that highway, they will come and pick me up. Three years from today, if the motorcycle doesn't fire, they will come in a car and give me a new job. That's what I wanted to do. So I basically went out, got supporters, got them to come and join me on the journey. The other thing what everybody talks about the startup journey is that it is a lonely journey. What they really mean is, as a founder, there are days on which you want to just lie in the bed, you want to go on a vacation, but you can't do it. If you can solve for that, which is if you're unhappy, if you've had a hangover, which I've had today in the morning, but if you've had a hangover, you should have a business partner who can go into office, control the office, and you don't need to worry about. So your early starting team and your co-founder is something extremely important in this entrepreneurship journey. We were very lucky to have a very good first journey in Citrus Payments. But that's for another day. That's not what I'm here to talk about. This personal experience of mine has taught me a few things. Most persons, like you, are going to go through this unique phase where you will want to explore an adventure. Some do it straight out of college. Some do it later in their careers. And some do it you know, maybe even after the age of 50. The worst thing to do is not recognize it or actually try and fight it. What is also important is look around people who are next to you. They might be actually going through this crisis. And it's important that you notice it and you support it. I meet lots of family members and friends who come up to me and discuss about their new startup or wanting to join a completely new greenfield startup as an employee. And I work with them in terms of explaining about the pros and the cons and what's good and what's bad. And what happens is sometimes, even after the best advice and my best objections 
on that idea, they still want to take that journey. I have now learned that it is best that they take the dive, they take the adventure. This is like a passing of a journey. Every person needs to do it to feel a complete life. The worst thing that can happen out here is that they reach the end of their journey and they realize that the only thing that they did was they went to IIT, went to a consulting firm, consulted with a bank, and retired as a senior super executive VP or something like that, just to realize that it's been an incomplete life. But what you can do is, by recognizing it, put a method to the madness, channel your energies better, and come out with a good outcome. As I end my talk here, I have to say I'm still struggling with one important decision. That Harley Davidson's which I should buy, should it be in red color or black? Thank you.